You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Aputa. This is Murps. Hello. Another reveal season. Uh, just just disclaimer right now, you're getting limited amount of Murps tonight. I will be around for the very beginning. So if you only choose Weak. to listen to... Uh, a portion, maybe listen to the beginning portion, and then you can tune out Advocate who will rant on for like another four hours or so. But that's up to you. You can okay. choose what you do with this content. Well, that, that's going to be easy because the beginning portion will follow after this. And it, that is also the most important portion because that's when we go over our top three neutrals, our rest of the top neutrals, and maybe our mid neutrals. I don't know when Murphs is leaving, but... He is very weakly leaving this review stream that goes on for more than six hours after like an hour or so for for things like baby things. It is uh it is it is very weak and no longer as hardcore as as we used to do. But the most important part will be done by both of us, and uh, you'll just have to you'll just have to live with uh, my limited reviews for the for the class cards. And um, okay, let's just get to it. Normally we do a meta review and uh, and things, but we're not doing it for, uh, for 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 this one. Not because we can't. Actually, this is going to be one of the easiest ones to do like a full meta review in because we know all the cards. Um, but one thing we don't know is still the offering rates, which makes it a little weird. It's hard to like put a put a real firm thing like this class is going to be good when you don't know, right? We don't know if they're going to uh, unadjust all the offering rates first for the the pre- already um, nerfed cards and offering rates, and we don't know if they're going to just put new ones in, and we don't know what the ratios of anything are. So everything's kind of up in the air, but. We do know the set that's coming in. It is a standard rotation coming in, which means there are only three other major sets. All the sets from last year. Uh, and that would be, uh, what, uh, March of the Lich King, uh, Sunken City, and Nathria. Those are, those are going to be in, along with Festival of Legends, which is this upcoming set. There's probably going to be some kind of offering bonus for Festival of Legends, um, and, uh, so you'll see these cards a lot. If you remember, we used to have these kinds of four main set, uh, rotations. And then, in the previous rotation, they did the full standard meta, which was six main sets. And everybody seemed to really like it, and then you didn't see the same cards dominating everything as badly. And they didn't have to do as much, and it was, like, kind of auto-balanced a little bit. And, uh, they decided not to do that again. So, on the bright side, we do have, like, a true standard meta, because this is what cards are available in standard. And on the downside, this is not going to be as good as the previous meta. Which, it's almost guaranteed just because we have fewer cards. And we all knew that more cards felt better. I don't think anyone was really, uh, had a different opinion on that one. So, okay. Let's get to it. We're now going to hit up the top three cards. There is one hands down top neutral card in this upcoming set take it away Murps. this is so big so obvious so game-changing so for those of you who are not 
on the stream currently. I actually asked this question. I was like, hey, what do you guys think we're going to say are the top three cards? We're reviewing the top one right now. And so, uh, some people are like, well, I know you guys value tempo, blah, blah. Look, we, we can talk about how important tempo is and, and all of that. But for a card like this, it literally doesn't matter. This card is coming in at an A plus for a neutral common. We are, of course, talking about paparazzi. Paparazzi is a three mana, three four, neutral common, battle cry, discover a legendary minion. At A plus, this makes it by far the best neutral common card we've ever seen, right? I I, I don't think I'm Well yeah. no, we we've seen S before, I think, but there was like auto ban. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Y yes. Um right. Some some of them were banned, right? Like um yeah. Watch Post was banned. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So so it's not like they never printed a card that was more toxic for arena than paparazzi. Um it's just that they were all either pre banned or banned within like a week or two. Yeah, Which is exactly yeah. what I expect to happen to this card. We talked about this on to. a prior LifeForge podcast where Murps was like, I don't know if they're going to ban it because it's like a discoverer kind of mechanic and they like I, it. No, I, I like, don't think they're going to ban it within, what was my breakpoint? Like a month, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I do think. Yeah, not, uh, not like the first two yeah. weeks. It's just a matter of how long, I, how fast I think they're going to act on it. You think they're going to act sooner. I think it'll take them longer. But the bottom line for both of us was like, this cannot be in the meta forever. It's just like, I, it, you you effectively ruin the mode. Um, so it, it's just, we're just taking betting lines now, right? It's an over-under yeah. kind of a thing. You're <laughs> under one month. Until this card gets banned. Yeah, you're under a month. I'm over a month. Um, but both of us agree. So, so look, let's talk about it a little bit. Break Break it down past the, this is insane. So we have a standard meta. Uh, which means you don't have bad legendary minions diluting it. Now, let's talk about the fact that it's a legendary minion. Why does that matter so much? As you'll see in Festival of Legends, each I think each class has, has a legendary spell introduced. These are all typically not great. For the vast majority of classes, these are not great. Some are, like, good. Uh, but for some of them, they are terrible. So paparazzi, mm -hmm. not only are you discovering busted stuff from like, okay, so from Sunken City, you have Queen Ashara and all the Colossal minions, right? Yeah, For that's number one. That's all number, the Colossal minions are in this All world. the Colossal minions are in. From Murdar Castle Nathria, you have Sylvanas, right? Like a, a, as the big, big, big hitter. Um, March of the Lich King, you have... You know, Astalor. I'm just talking about neutrals right now. I'm just talking about mm -hmm. neutrals. We can list all of the crazy class legendaries that are in the most recent sets. Well, the colossal ones are class. Or, sure. Or like the, the really um, bad ones are class. But it, it, it this card is even better than you might think it is because it takes away the legendary spells, which on average are significantly worse than legendary minions. So the pool is small. You, okay, if you, I haven't exactly calculated this, but what is your chance of getting a game-winning quality card from this? It's not like 100%. It's like 100%. Now, whether or not you actually win the game, you know, you can lose before you play it. Make, crazy stuff can happen, right? But your so, so the actual percentage is around 40%. Okay, no, it's it's like 100. Um, oh, okay. This thing but is too... For those too... who are listening, 
who are wondering why when I play this card I don't always get a Colossus or near equivalent it's because you have about 40% chance to be offered a game winning card. It's all right to repeat the meme it's just too damn high, okay? It's just too damn high. The problem is there's no there's no counter to it. There's no sort of like play around any of this stuff. For two reasons. Number one, you don't see what they pick. Uh, you don't really have ways to interact with their hand. Um, and number three, these cards are just... It's like, how do you really play around some of these legend, legendaries? Uh, they're too you good. You don't. You, you don't. don't. This is not like a... Okay, so one, this is a, this card is too powerful thing. Like A+, plus, it just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work. Um, the only cards that have existed unnerfed and un-offering uh, rate adjusted down super heavily in the arena by our ratings were like either the bottom of the bottom of A's, like ones that are kind of like almost like a rounding error away from a B plus. Those have not gotten nerfed. And the other ones that have not gotten nerfed are ones that are, I'm going to categorize them as practically class cards. Because there's one way to look at Scorpion. And say it's a neutral card. But the other way to look at Scorpit is it's secretly a class card. Why? Because you can only discover spells. And so you have a different experience facing each and every class. So you take out the more than half class cards. And you take out the ones that are so low on A. That they could really just be a B plus, And we're like rounding error. Because we don't have a very precise algorithm or anything anymore. So this is like kind of back of the envelope math here. Um, it, nothing else, nothing else in the entire history of this game has existed at, we'll say like, if A is a 100% bar, nothing has existed past the 10% bar of A uh, value being filled up. Much less being at A+. plus. This is just insane for a, uh, a common neutral card. And remember, we don't have a lot of cards diluting the pool and this has an offering bonus on top of it. Like, this is going to totally ruin every single game, like, every single run, until it gets out of the arena. And by totally ruin, I, I mean, okay, 40% of the time it's going to totally ruin it, right? It'll be who plays their big whatever first, and nothing's going to matter. Like, if you thought things were crazy in the previous meta, things are about to get a lot crazier in this meta. And a large, large chunk of that is because of paparazzi. Yep. Um, this is just kind of the, the worst... Uh, it, it, it's the worst sort of card. It, it truly is just a swingier version of Scorpid, right? But um, that swing is so... But that's the thing. It's not even like a Scorpid, right? Like, yes, it's a swingier version of Scorpid, but it's not even different for each class. Yeah. No, it's, a lot of it is the same. gives you 100% no. class card options. Mm -hmm. So each class you're facing gives you a different Scorpid experience. Paparazzi will give you mostly most of your options from Paparazzi because of how many of these legendary cards exist. Most of your options are going to be neutral. Not like that much mostly, but like not like maybe 60-65% are going to be neutral. And the other percentage are going to be the class cards. So your experience with Paparazzi is going to be much more the same than your experience with Scorpid, which is going to be actually different class by class. Yeah. Uh so I, I don't think there's much more we need to talk about this. This is probably the most uncontroversial, like everybody is up in arms about this. 
um, card that we have seen. It's so easy to see how busted it is. And once the standard rot- rotation was announced, everyone was like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, there was <laughs> no shot that anybody would think that this was okay, even like sort of a mixed meta, right? Because then the, yeah. the issue is just like, well, the variant sucks. Yeah. Um, but now especially, it's like, this is not, not okay. Um, it becomes an easy auto-pick. Um, it becomes a just throw it down, I don't know what legendary they have in their hand, but in addition to what they've drafted already, it's just going to be a complete clown fiesta. Yep, yep. This is this is the point in which it doesn't matter, right? Like, nothing matters. Your opponent plays this card, you play this card. What did RNG say, right? Like, assuming you make it to whatever turn that you can actually play the card that you discover from it. Or if you get it later on in the game, assuming you make it one more turn. Yeah. So um, I, I see discussions about this. When you say 40% chance, it's 40% chance to get one of those like game winning cards, right? Like you um, are. I would say any card that is Yasera level or above. So not necessarily game so ending. So D tier like, or just, above? Like, yeah, yeah D tier or above. <laughs> I just mean like, it doesn't have to be, I don't mean like this is the percentage of times to get a Colossal. Right? I don't mean that, because Colossals are S++++ whatever tiers. I don't know what Astralor is, but Astralor isn't even like S++++ tier. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I just mean percent chance of getting, I don't know, maybe like a, uh, like, like an insanely good card, right? Like an S tier card, maybe? Um, and again, when we're saying percent chance to end the game, none of these cards actually ends the game anymore, by the way. Yeah. That's... That's part of the escalation. Because everybody has a paparazzi, you will be able to counter S-tier cards with S-tier cards now. Like, at a much higher percentage than you used to. Back in the day, even when things were going crazy, something silly and mostly tempo-driven, like Caverns, still won you pretty much every game you played it. On Curve. Even though the metas, like, there's synergies everywhere, right? There's all these busted cards coming out. Caverns was, like, what, like a four-mana card? Like, it was, it's not, like, it really, even though it was a lot of tempo, it was over three turns, um, Caverns still ended the game. Now, Caverns is not ending the game anymore. And so a lot of the things in Paparazzi that we say are game-ending, they're not really game-ending. We're saying, like, they would have been game-ending a year ago. Let's rephrase that, right? would have been game-ending one year ago in Hearthstone Arena. Okay. I think that's fair. All right, so yeah. Not not like eight years ago, like one year ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's... that's Next up. Next up. uh, The next two cards are... We can talk about both of these together because they're the same score. They're both an A, which well, means... Well, but they're, they're very different cards. They're very let's different cards. one to go, right? We're not saying one's better than the other, right? That's that's the, the key. Okay, let's talk about the, uh, I guess, the, the, the bigger one, the easier one. I think it's the easier one, okay? Okay. Um, concert Promo Drake. This is one, once again, uh, I, I doubt anybody is going to really debate this. Um, this card is just disgusting. 8 mana for 8-8 eight, eight dragon, tradable. Uh, remember, tradable yeah, also has cool. additional value right now because of finale. But also, this has finale. Destroy an enemy minion. You can target it. It's not random. Uh, it's not a complicated mechanic. <laughs> it's it's real freaking simple. Match up the numbers. Destroy an enemy minion. Put out an 8-8. Eight, eight. Um, you can also trade this if you get it like on turn 1. I, it's stupidly good uh this is part of what 
he means when he says, like, nothing really wins you the... Like, getting their HP down to zero wins you the game. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing really wins you the game anymore. And we even saw that, like, we're not even just talking about this upcoming expansion. You guys remember when, like, Sire was sort of, like, the auto-pick of the meta, and it's like, oh, man, I cleared their board, I got them down to, like, five health, and I have, like, a 20, you know... Um, like, uh, yeah, I, I just healed up huge, and my sire is huge, and then they counter sire to kill off your sire, and then they heal up huge. But then you have, like, a shadow word to, you know, it's all this stupid stuff, right? Like, d- during the, the sire meta, this was all of this stupid things, and then both of them, like, healed the players up, so it's like, all right, time to throw out five more bombs on each side. Um, this is so easily just uh, stupid in conjunction with paparazzi being just some of the strongest neutral commons we have seen uh yeah i don't like, think do you think this will be banned i don't think this will be banned though i mean just, just don't let paparazzi set the new standard right like just yeah. because paparazzi is so ridiculous it's like watchtower when watchtower came out we're like oh clearly watchtower is going to get like you know removed because it doesn't work in the arena. And then they were like, it doesn't work in Constructed either. We're actually going to nerf the card itself and then remove it from Arena anyway. Because even the nerf version was too good, uh, was perceived to be too good for Arena. Um, they never even let it like be in Arena. Um, concert Promo Drake as an A card. These aren't low A cards. These are like mid-normal like A cards. This is the best card in the Arena that is a neutral, common, or rare. That If it doesn't get an offering rate adjusted down. So, I think it will get offering rate adjusted down. I don't know about in two weeks, but I think even in two weeks, because the win rate stats are just going to be so high. Like, unless it's a super-duper-duper aggro meta, and even in a super-duper-duper aggro meta, this, this is effectively like a silence. Like, it works in every way possible. For, like, it, 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 it's just this insane card that shouldn't exist in, in neutral. Um, but we're also at the point in general power level... Or this didn't phase me that much when I first saw it. I, I think uh, a few episodes ago on the Life Forge, I was like, I don't know about concert promo Drake. It may come in as an A. It may come in as a B plus. Because um, my mind had been so like poisoned to these like totally ridiculous cards, so that like paparazzi still look ridiculous. But an eight mana eight eight that like just, just hard removed an enemy minion. What's a hard removal now? Like three mana? No, yeah. This is bad. this is just what the meta is, right? This is just what the meta is. Um, this is like a, a fair card. Uh, not, not a fair, like, sorry. Uh, this is one in which you see it and you're just like, oh man, they played a promo Drake, mm. but you probably, I mean, you know, some people do, you know who you are. Uh, but you probably don't pound the table and it was like, like, what the fuck? How can this happen to me? Uh, this is the power level that we see now. And yes, sometimes you do have to play a combo or maybe you have to infuse to get this level of power right but we see this level of power right now like we we just we we do see this level of power um so no you i i I stand with you like this is kind of the thing that i'm like wow it's really powerful okay i'm gonna keep going about my day now right (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's it so i think in a game it'll become a little too samey like think about how Night Captain had the offering rate reduced, right? It took him a long time. Literally took him, I think, a year. But Night Captain had its offering rates reduced. And it had its offering rate reduced because it, it, it was just a regular, like, tempo card. It didn't come out too early. 
it, it was really just that games started to feel a little too samey, where your win condition becomes Night Captain in too many metas, with too many classes and too many decks. That's the problem with neutral cards. All these cards, by the way, well, paparazzi aside, paparazzi's weird, but like for A-tier cards, it's not like they can't exist in the game. There are so many class cards that are A-tier cards. Like if you think good class card, it's probably an A-tier card. So that's why it doesn't really phase us anymore to see A-tier cards even in neutral because we're like, well, you can do this, but you shouldn't do this in a neutral card because that's when games start feeling very, very samey, especially when it's a neutral common card. Like, it's game design kind of uh, guardrails, right? Um, is this a super powerful card that will totally ruin the game? If it were epic, no. If it were legendary, no. If it were a class card, no. It would be very normal. We would like hardly comment on it besides saying it's good, pick it. But as a neutral common, it can't be allowed to stand. And that's why what they do now to these cards, which I think is always a really good idea, is just kill the offering rate. It's not like you never see Night Captain anymore. You just see it as often as like an epic card, which is great because Night Captain should have been an epic card. Like Concert Promo Drake is not game breaking that it can't be in the game. It's just you need to reduce it so the game doesn't feel so samey all the time. So, I mean, it's really good. Pick it, uh, you know, even once they reduce the offering rate, right? Like, pick it. You just won't see it as much. It doesn't mean it got any worse. Uh, they, they're not going to nerf the card. They can't do that in Arena, right? They're just going to nerf the offering rate. So this card will, will always be around and will always be good. There's not, like, a trick to how to use it, right? Like, my, my, my bigger question with Concert Promo Drake is why is a Drake that is promoting a concert destroying enemy minions as a finale? How, how are we connecting the story here? Like, I get that it's tradable because he's like an employee or something. I don't know. Like, he'll like just pick up another sign, right? And promote some other concert. But how is he destroying a minion? I don't no uh somebody is saying they're dropping the sign on them uh but it's not implying like maybe the big message uh, through this is like it's just impossible for dragons not to destroy shit i have no idea but no you're absolutely right because the flavor in a lot of other cards and then sort of like you can read their name and, and in what they do and then um uh and you're like oh this makes sense yeah. right it's like oh like pa paparazzi Lennon, paparazzi exactly yeah. discover a legendary it's like what are they're they're always trying to you know look for uh celebrities right like the these these big you know big celebrities so yeah they're gonna be looking for big cards wow um yeah there are there are actually really really good flavored ones um i'll mention another uh, actually no like we'll actually wait <laughs> i'll be gone by then but okay it's obsessive fan i thought the flavor for that one was amazing like that one was just super cool. Not not like the best card, but flavor wise, just really good. You can talk about it later. Obsessive fan. Oh uh, yeah, you'll be gone for that. Eh, okay, I think so. Anyways, we'll we'll third, see. We'll see card. how long it takes. Third card. Third card. I will introduce this one. It's another common neutral. That's right. All three A and A plus tier cards are common neutrals. Um, not a good sign. Uh, and this one is Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is a 5 mana 4-4 four, four undead. Battlecry, discover a spell. Finale, discover another spell. It's really good. This is uh, Scorpid times 2. Um, but less tempo, more discovery. Um, it's an A-tier card, like Scorpid. 
So the high score, uh, look, I think everybody thinks that like, nobody's going to say this is a bad card. The question is just how good. And I think Scorpion is a good example. And you mentioned it. It's like this is more tilted towards the discover. You get twice the discover. You get a worse body, right? It's like, mm. yes, it deals more face damage, but the body is worse. Like for um, the 1-3 poison for its cost, you know, it's 3 mana cost, it's quite good. Also, you know, you don't have to fit it exactly within 5 mana left, etc., etc. Um, we just keep trending towards metas in which that body becomes less important. Not necessarily because tempo is less important because you 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 know you always have this tension of you can try and in some metas get under these decks that are trying to be a little bit too greedy priests out trying to priest each other mages trying to out priest mm-hmm. uh out mage each other but do you have the tools or do those decks just have too many tools if you look at the the current meta it, Look, it can always change because of offering rates. Um, you can never predict any of that stuff. Blizzard, these are macro, macro adjusts here. But there are so many tools for classes to push you off. To make that body not as important as discovering twice. The consistency yeah. now of not just one discover, of which it's pretty good because you have all these uh, latest sets... Um, the quality of the, the, the spells lately and the fact that you get to discover twice to just lock it up, right? That big spell that, that yep. wins you the game, you're going to get it. At it. Yeah, two shots at it. Also, you know what spells kind of do nowadays? They just discover and draw more shit. So whatever <laughs> big win condition you need, this yeah. gets it for you. And if it doesn't get it for you, it'll draw it. It'll dredge it. It'll generate it. Um and the ability for classes to easily, quote, you know, punish this are not super readily available right now. And this is barring, like, you know, big adjustments either, you know, from either side. So the solution from before, which is like, oh, just one drop into two drop into three drop and, and try to out-tempo them, you currently don't really have the tools. Um, yeah. And the responses are very prevalent inexpensive and then uh you know, you know you're you you'll just run out of steam so this is why ghostwriter has such a high score um and is higher than some other perhaps maybe tempo oriented cards because we are just trending in that direction yeah i do like the trend though if you're gonna make cards like this like one of the reasons scorpion was so bad by the way scorpion is gone scorpion is not in this upcoming meta panda is not in this upcoming meta vizier still is in the upcoming meta um so you're getting this in to kind of like replace that scorpion role and you're getting double the amount of discover so maybe it replaces both scorpion and panda right uh but it's the, the it, it's not te- it's not even on curve tempo it's not even close to on curve tempo Right, Scorpid was over on curve tempo. Yes, uh, Panda was like almost on curve tempo. This guy is nowhere close. So if you're going to go for those kinds of like big game-ending spells, which you should because they're really good and they are big at end the game, Ghost Rider opens up a bit more space by committing harder to what it's doing, which is good for like if, if you're like a <clears throat> mildly aggressive deck or a tempo deck. 
or, or something. When your opponent plays a Ghost Rider, that does give you so much more space than a Scorpid would otherwise, than even a Panda would have. And is it going to, like, make, you know, uh, a Temple deck, like, super good or whatever? No, no, it's not. Even though this card's very good and everyone's going to be using it. But it opens up that more space that these metas can develop. That if everybody leans too heavily into this Priest, um, you know, archetype, where you're just, like, building big things and doing big things in the end. And remember, it's a neutral card. So it has the, uh, and being so good, it has the ability for everybody to kind of go in that direction. But if, you, if the meta goes in that way, then the space opens up for more aggressive classes like Paladin or Hunter uh, to really take advantage of that and push through. Um, because Ghost Rider is slow. Like, this actually is slow. It, it's very powerful, but compared to Scorpid, it is like a totally different animal in terms of what the response is. Yeah. I mean, look, it is slow, but man, some of these spells that are in right now just absolutely clear up your anti-tempo right it's like oh mm -hmm. this thing should be i mean these days this thing uh you know if you want like the proper stats everything is like a little bit overstated right so you're missing like a plus two plus two right approximately from there because vanilla sucks like you can't take yep. vanilla anymore right so this is missing like plus two plus two it it doesn't matter though because if you just discover deathborn for the next turn that wipes away any sort of deficit that this would put you in, right? If you just discover like that that new pre-spell, um, big AOE wipe that like puts a body on the board as well, um, that just uh, s sort of clears up anything. So in order to get underneath these sorts of cards, you have to like go really, <laughs> really fast. That's kind of the problem with it now. Like, yeah. you you don't even just have whatever amount of turns you had before that window is even smaller now um so look artificial metas can be created such that these windows you, you know you you can thread the needle you can get it there it just becomes harder than ever with like all of these because blizzard wants to keep printing these it's, like it's one more turn though at least right yeah it is like you'll take that one more turn um whereas scorpid doesn't give you one more turn scorpid pushes the tempo while drawing the card uh, this one, uh, you know, one more turn. If you're an aggro deck, you know how important how, what one more turn is. And uh, compare it to, to the, uh, the the versions that this is replacing, right? So I don't want you guys to look at this and say, oh my god, spells are going to be everywhere. Spells are going to be everywhere the same as it used to be. What they're basically doing, I mean, okay, more, because the offering rates are, are uh, the, you, you now uh, have only four sets rather than six. So it is going up, and this one has an offering bonus. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not really, like, the same as Panda and Scorpid, uh, but it's similar to it. Like, the amount of weird discovery stuff is not, uh, for spells at least, is not going up that much. Because you have to remember that Scorpid and Panda are leaving the meta. So it is going to rise, but not that much. Just rising by a little bit. It's uh, it's a way for the devs to kind of double down on this, uh, on this new reality, right? Uh... uh for, for Ghost Rider, this is the one card in these top three that is not going to get nerfed on offering rates. They didn't nerf Scorpid, they didn't nerf Panda, um, they're not going to nerf Ghost Rider. Because, as I was saying before, for these kinds of things that discover spells, um, the devs treat it as a class card. Because their spells are class cards. So, the 4-4 body doesn't really matter that much. So, this card is mostly a spell card. In fact, this card is probably 75% like a, a class card. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, look neutrals are class cards now 
Minions are spells. Spells are minions. <laughs> um, there is no delineation anymore. The best spells uh, do kind of minion things, and definitely the best minions do spell things, right? Because mm-hmm. um, good minions are not like a four. Like, how good is a four mana seven seven now, right? Like, not even just the overload. Like, how good is a four mana seven seven? It's it's quite good, right? But when you look at you know all the 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 really game breaking kind of minions, they all have like stupid discovers, battle cries, all of this stuff. Um, so it, yeah, this is th- this is where we're at. Like, if you look at some of the best spells, Arcane Overflow, for example, that's just a minion that deals damage, right? It generates something with the extra oh, it's damage. It's a spell that makes a minion. It's right. all it's, it's a all spell. The same these yeah. Days. Um, the best minions are things that like effectively you know assassinate something or mind control something like sylvanas for example right mm-hmm. um or yeah i was talking about sire denathrius before you drop a huge lifesteal minion that like completely machine guns the uh the opposing uh board so this is what we are looking at these days and it, this ghost rider what like what it does is just you have to win the game through these BS mechanics, and this just locks it down and gets yeah. you one of those BS mechanics. All classes, all decks, because this is a neutral common, will have all the BS mechanics. And it just it works so well with paparazzi to just like double up and guarantee all your BS mechanics, BS everything. It's just a very BS meta. That's what's going to happen. It's a very BS um, meta. And this is not getting offering rate reduced. So even though paparazzi almost certainly will at some point uh, in the nearish future, this one won't. Um, and I realize we didn't explain what finale means. If you're just like listening to this or whatever, and you really were not keeping up with the reveals, um, so finale uh, means you've used up all your mana on the turn. So it's the last card of the mana you use, which includes if you just play the card. Like if you have five mana, like on turn five, and you play Ghost Rider, it counts as the finale. So, Ghost Rider has the finale, which is the second spell it discovers. Uh, Concert Promo Drake destroys the minion as the finale. It's not a hard ability to hit at all uh, in the arena. Um, Definitely not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, These are your top three. They are a pretty definitive top three. Neither Ghost Rider nor Concert Promo Drake are like borderline B pluses. They're all like mid A's. And Paparazzi is like a straight up A plus. Um... So, yeah, this is all coming into the meta. Um, I I was a little... uh, When when I was just looking at these before I mapped them out, I was a little like, okay, whatever, this is just the next iteration of, like, stuff, right? Like, not not a huge deal. Paparazzi's gonna get nerfed. The other two I can live with. After seeing the numbers on that, it's it's really kind of concerning. Ghost Rider is only not concerning because of what it replaces. Right. If um, if Scorpid were to ever come back, if Panda ever comes back, things are just gonna get so much worse. But we're kind of just keeping the same level, like amping it up a little bit in terms of um, in terms of the discover spellness overall in the meta. So I feel like a little okay with Ghost Rider, um, and you know it helps for me to think about it as a as a class card rather than a neutral card. Uh, Concert Promo Drake, though, I hope I hope they see it and I hope they hit it. And I also hope Concert Promo Drake's win rate is through the roof uh, so that they can hit it very quickly. 
Yeah, because you don't want to. Like, when they're, like, weeks behind and you're just playing the samey game where everyone's just concert promo drinking everything uh, back and forth, like, your Ghost Riders discover spells, your Paparazzi discovers minions, and your concert promo drakes destroy everything. Like, what are you playing, right? Like, what's what's the game? Uh, I, I just, I, I need them to make a game out of Hearthstone Arena as quickly as possible. Because at release, there's no game. With these cards that are coming, just these neutral cards that are coming, and the current existing uh, standard set, like, I can guarantee you that there is no game to be played at the release of this next expansion. Now, that's not to say they can't make a game with these cards, just adjusting the offering rates. Um, but at release, if they haven't pre-adjusted the offering rates, there is no game. Paparazzi, Ghost Rider, Concert Promo Drake will make sure of it. Yep. Um, that's it for this segment. Yeah, okay. Um, that's that's the top cards. We're going to come back in the next episode with your B and B plus tier cards. So B plus is, I mean, in this case, B plus is kind of far from it. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh, and, uh, we're going to give a shout out first. Let's, uh, let's give a shout out first to all you people who are here watching us live on Twitch. All of you who are listening to this as a podcast. All of you watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you guys for uh, for tuning in. We uh, we love to do this, and uh, you know, as you can see, our our stream schedules and whatever are getting a little a little more erratic, uh, a little more up and down. Uh, my my Murps's child is already born, doing some damage. My child's about to be born later this month or the beginning of the next one. I don't know what damage that's going to cost. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for sticking with us and, uh, you know, maybe a little bumpy uh, up ahead on, on the schedule side, but we always love to, uh, to, to do this. So, um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try to pump out content as much as, uh, as, as much as schedules, uh, and Diablo 4 allows. Um, all right. That's it for, uh, for us on the top three, going up to the rest of the top neutrals next. See you guys. Until then, this is Abrikto. This is Murps. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Lightforge Podcast. This is the Festival of Legends card review. Uh, I am Adwikta, and if you are watching this on YouTube or uh, listening on the podcast, uh, Murps is gone. We, we went too long to talk about just the top three cards. And we spent that much time talking about it for a reason. Because it is that important. Paparazzi, Concert Promo Drake, Ghost Rider, Neutral Commons. Okay, And not just Neutral Commons, but game-defining, meta-defining Neutral Commons in their scope, in their size. Like, sometimes a Neutral Common happens that's you know super uh, highly rated and whatever. But you have to like see it on turn two for it to matter that much. Uh, these are all kind of like later game uh, impacts. So you're just going to see them every single game. Every single game. Um, so we're going to now talk about the other top neutrals. So those three were the A and A pluses. Now we're going to the B and B pluses. Remember, B is about the average card in your deck. will be around a B. Um, so they're not actually like super amazing, but these are neutral cards, right? Like, a lot of the class cards are the ones above B. Your neutral cards are usually B or below. 
and B plus is better than the average card in your deck. So there's two B pluses we want to talk about first. They are the cards that almost made it. They were almost like a really low A, but they're still nowhere near as good as Ghost Rider or Concert Promo Drake, which are mid A's. Uh, these are like B, just solid B pluses. The first card is Hipster. Hipster is a two mana, one three, battle cry, discover a spell from your opponent's class that isn't in their deck. So Hipster um, is what the panda used to be, right? I mean, Hipster is also a panda, so I'm not, I'm not saying, but like Pandaren Importer was a two mana, one three, and is a two mana, one three again. They nerfed uh, Pandaren Importer back down when they moved, uh, when they moved uh, that card into wild, like just now, uh, like last week. Uh, so two mana one threes, if you remember from back in the days of old Panda, didn't really quite cut it, right? Like it was definitely a tempo hit when you played it on two, you wanted to play it later, it was really just used to draw that spell. So here for Hipster, it also discovers a spell from your opponent's class rather than your own class, so it's class neutral. Like the good classes with the good amazing spells, <coughs> mage, uh, won't get an advantage with this card. So it's just kind of a better card than Pandaren Importer in terms of design for the arena. Um, Power-wise, also, Pandaren Importer just wasn't, like, a needed-to-be-banned kind of, like, level of card before it became a passable, you know, three-drop. And so that's where we are. Hipster, discover a spell from your opponent's class, two mana, one three. This card's not going to get nerfed in Offering Rate. Definitely not. And it shouldn't. Like, this is, like, an okay card. This is the standard card of... If, if you as a developer want to put, like, uh, uh, want, want to put Discover Spell cards into, like, the meta, this is the way to do it. Right? You're at the power level right where before it becomes super problematic. You're not favoring certain classes and disfavoring other classes. This is a great arena card. And, um... Now... It's still the discover mechanic. You're still discovering spells. If anything, right? This like penalizes using the classes with the good spells because your opponents are going to get like hipster. Let's say mage is really good and has really good spells. If you are a mage, hipster balances you out, right? Because everyone's going to have have hipster. It's still a really good card. B plus, you're going to take it more often than not. Uh, and then you get this automatic benefit against mage because mage has really good spells. Uh, so... It, it, it does serve this kind of balancing uh, function. Um, and overall, it's just, it's, it's a better design card. Like, the evolution of design is good here. Okay. The other B-plus card is Rowdy Fan... Oh, um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for sometimes it may take me a little bit to find all these cards. Without Murps here to, to talk, I have to do all this in real time. Uh, while I'm talking. So Rowdy Fan is the other B-plus card. Rowdy Fan is a 3-mana, 1-5, Quillbore, Battlecry, choose a minion. It has plus 4 attack while this is alive. Okay, let's break this down. Battlecry, choose a minion. Presumably a friendly minion, but I guess it doesn't have to be. It has plus 4 attack while this card, while the Rowdy Fan is alive so if there is no friendly minion on the board rowdy fan and let's say there's no opponent minion rowdy fan is just a three mana one three which is unplayable so you need to have a minion then you play the rowdy fan and then that minion gets plus four attack now let's think about how much plus four attack usually is worth plus four attack 
is usually worth about two mana and a card, right? That's your uh, that's your cold blood, your like nerfed cold blood, which is still like decent, right? It's not great, but it's decent. And Rowdy Fan gets to do that. It's not permanent, but the finger buffing probably is going to die before the Rowdy Fan, right? Like think about what you would ever put plus four attack on. You're putting it onto a minion that's about to trade into something usually. That's usually what you're doing with it. In any case, Rowdy Fan is 5 health. That's probably more than anything you're buffing. It's just how Arena goes. So, besides the fact that it's 4 damage of breach, which is pretty good, it also, uh, the, the downside, uh, comparing it to a, a normal buff, which is that you can kill the Rowdy Fan and that plus 4 attack goes away, will very rarely happen. So, you basically end up getting Yeti's worth of stats including four of them with initiative, as long as you have something else on the board. That other thing on the board doesn't even have to have initiative, right? Like, it could be played on the same turn. The downside is if you have no minion and your opponent has a minion, then Rowdy Fan has to buff your opponent's minion. And that is why this is not a three drop. Like... It, it could be a really bad 3-drop if your 2-drop is still alive. But if your 2-drop isn't alive and your opponent has a minion, you don't use Rowdy Fan. Like, you have to think of Rowdy Fan as essentially a buff. Um, and, uh, and it's a decent buff. Okay. So, uh, that, is, uh, that is Rowdy Fan for the other B-plus card. Now, the rest of these cards are going to be B, which means they're about average for what you'd expect to see in your deck. They're totally normal cards, and they will form the backbone of your general, like, arena experience. Um, the first one is... I am trying to find it. I don't know why I can't find it. But it is Candle Razor. There we go. Candle Razor comes in as a B. Remember, these are not in order. We're, we just treat all the cards in the same tier the same, even though some may be higher or lower. I don't even have my notes here on which is higher or lower, but I would imagine Candle Razor is one of the higher ones uh, in, the, in the B section. It is a 4-mana 3-3 Divine Shield. Finale, give adjacent minions Divine Shield. Again, for, for Finale, you have to play it as the last card and use up all your mana. Uh... 4 mana 3-3 three, three Divine Shield, pretty bad. That's that's not that's not really a 4-drop these days. That is like barely a 4-drop. That is Pandaren Importer levels of, of curve uh, functionality. But by giving your adjacent minions Divine Shield, if you do have another minion on the board, then it does become a very solid 4-drop. In fact, it becomes a very good 4-drop. Um, and later on, you use it the way you would play something like a, a Argent Protector uh, or something, but for uh, for four mana. So this uh, it could also potentially give two Divine Shields if you have more minions uh, like that on the board, uh, but that happens way later on. So it's a good card. It's just kind of not big. It, it doesn't do enough when you want to play it, so you end up more often than not using it as a spell. It hits that weird, awkward in-between area where its abilities are not quite as good for you to justify holding it like and using it as a spell. But you should really do that, because if you try to play without an ability, it's like a really bad card, right? 
Um, four mana, three, three divine shields don't have a place in anyone's deck these days. So, um, and later on when you're trying to play it as a spell, the finale requirement is a real like requirement. You don't, it's pretty easy to hit finale, but not always. And for cards like Candle Razor, these opportunities don't come along that often if you're thinking of giving like two Divine Shields rather than uh, just one. And when they come along, not the finale trigger, but the Candle Razor ability trigger of giving adjacent minions Divine Shield. So when they come along, you really do need to play this card at that point. And that's not a guarantee. It's again, it's not hard, but that all chips away at uh, at, at its uh, at its ability. Okay, um, so that's that's Candle Razor. I know some people think Candle Razor is like a super good card, um, but I think we previewed with it um, before um, in in an earlier Life Forge that this was just not going to to come out super high. Like, there's a reason Argent Protector is a 3-2 now again. And it's like, not even an A-tier card. Um, and that's like a full 2-drop. Okay. Uh, that is Candle Razor. Next up, we have another B-tier card. It is... Pyrotechnician. Pyrotechnician is a 4 mana 2-5. After you cast a spell, add a random fire spell to your hand. That means every time you cast a spell, including the fire spells you just got in your hand, you are adding a random fire spell to your hand. Uh, very flavorful. You get to chain a whole bunch of fire spells, get another one, uh, play it, chain it again. Um, so you could potentially get a lot of, get a lot of uh, card advantage out of, uh, out of this card. Uh, the problem with this card and why it is not like super completely busted is not that you have to have a spell to get it going. It's that the spells that you're getting added back are random, which means you don't control how much it costs. You can't plan for it. So this either becomes like a turn 10 and after card, in which case it becomes turn 10 and after and you get a bunch of card advantage from some fire spells. Uh, or you're in this like very uncertain zone in the earlier going where you could chain it a couple times or it could not chain a couple times. Because if you chain it only once, it's not a good card. It's not even a B tier card. Like a four mana two five card that you know gives you a fire spell, a random fire spell. No, that card's not even a B. So you have to chain it at least twice to really get its value. Uh, it's like off curve and everything. Like a minimum of twice. So the way to use this card, ideally, is you have some small spells in your hand. You play the Pyrotechnician, then you play your small spells, and you ignore what the Pyrotechnician is giving you unless it happens to match up. Like, the way to play this is not like, it's turn 8, uh, I have a 1 mana spell. I play Pyrotechnician and I play my 1 mana spell. That's not a great way to use this card. Because that RNG of what spell that you're getting back and whether you can play it again on the same turn is so important to the value of this card. Like, you either want to do it on turn 10 and after, if you only have one spell to trigger it, and hopefully with a small spell, or you really want to set it up already so that you know what spells you're using before you play the Pyrotechnician, and you can use the random fire spells afterwards. Random stuff is random. Like, and this is a very planned out card. 
So it it can go off, you know, no doubt. But it's got so much randomness to it that it effectively puts conditions on you, especially as a good player, where you don't want to be subject to that kind of randomness. Um, okay, that is Pyrotechnician. After that, we are going to go to uh, uh, our next B-tier card, which is um, Metronome. I think we're on to the rares now. Is that where Metronome is? Yeah, there we go. Metronome. This is a rare card. The ones before were all common. This is a rare neutral. Three mana, two, four, mech. After you play a one-cost card, draw a two-cost card, then increase. So here you have a almost uncurved card. Like at three mana, playing a two, four is not the end of the world, right? And it's actually on curve. If you have a one cost minion, you can play with it on turn four. Like a three mana two four, and then a one mana, let's say one three, on turn four, that becomes the actual on curve card. So there is a, the, the natural way to play it, if you do happen to have the combo, um, is to do that and you're actually fully on curve, which is really nice. Uh, but otherwise, you play a one cost card, you draw a two cost card. You play the two cost card, you draw a three cost card. The good part about this, over the Pyrotechnician, you can already see a theme, right? This is this is a thing the game is adding. These cards are not great for the arena meta because of all the randomness, but this one really controls that randomness, right? You play a one-cost card, all of a sudden you definitely have a two-cost card, and you know how much it costs, and you can play the two-cost card, and you know you're going to get a three-cost card. So if you have a one-cost card with this, and you play it on turn six, you know you're going to draw two cards. If you play it on turn nine, you know you're going to draw three cards. Um, just on the same turn. Uh, so it's it's a lot more easy to plan out. Now, random fire spell versus a one-cost card from your deck. I don't know which is better. They're probably, like, roughly similar. Um, but if you're going to ask me whether I would prefer a, a Pyrotechnician or a Metronome, I would actually prefer the Metronome, even though one-cost cards are rarer than, uh, than just kind of any spells. Um, just the security makes me feel so much better uh, of knowing what you get and how much mana you have to use. Um, there is also the chance for the metronome that you will know that your deck has a hole. Like, if you've drawn all of your two-cost cards already somehow, uh, it's not going to happen, right? But those are rare situations. You usually have a ton of two-cost and three-cost cards in your deck. All right. Next up is Static Waveform. Static Waveform is another rare card, a uh, rare neutral card. Three mana, five, six elemental. At the start of each turn, lose one attack or health chosen randomly. Okay. So it starts out as a five, six. And by the time it's your opponent's turn, which means before you get to do anything with it, it's already a five, five or a four, six. By the time it gets back to you and then you can do something with it, <clears throat> it's a lost like one more stat. So it could be like a 4-5, it could be like a 3-6, it could be like a 5-4. Uh, which is still all over-curved, by the way. Like, let's say it's a 4-5. That's a Yeti that you get back, uh, that you can use and attack with. So these are the kinds of like tempo cards that kind of penalizes your opponent for trying to remove it. Like, it's inefficient for your opponent to remove it because it's like kind of dying always, right? Uh, but let's say you do use your Yeti and you do something. 
Well, it's going to lose another stat, like, immediately on the next turn. And let's say you use your Getty and you eat up, like, a 4-4 or a 4-3 or something. That stat could be health. And if it loses a health, it has zero health, and it's just dead. So, it's, like, once you actually use this, its chances of staying alive go down drastically. Because before you get it back, it's losing two. It's losing two stats. So I see people in the chat say, like, um, maybe the card could trade into two minions. It can't. Um, it sometimes can. But it oftentimes can't. Because it will end up with one health at some point, And it'll lose that one health half the time. Really, it'll lose that one health 75% of the time before it gets back to you. So, again, like... It's an interesting design, but imagine you're on the other side of this card, right? And the card is like a, a four-one. What do you do? You, you don't you don't want to hit it. It's a fifty-fifty chance that it's just dead the next turn. But if it's not dead the next turn, then it, the, your opponent gets a free four damage, and that's just a coin flip. That's just a fifty-fifty coin flip, and this will happen so often. Sorry, your opponent gets three damage back the next turn because it'll have to take it off the attack. But still, that's a 50-50 coin flip at that point. This is not, like, the kind of arena you want to play, right? Like, this card seems like the RNG is very, very, very low because you just lose one attack or health each turn. You know you're going to lose one. It's just whether it's attack or health. But the difference between attack and health in this game is so unbelievably huge because health means you die, potentially. So there will be so many situations where this is actually, like, a very consequential coin flip. And, and nobody really controls it, right? Not your opponent, not you. It just kind of happens. Um, so that's static waveform. Uh, but it's, a, it's rated a B because it's good, right? You get a Yeti back on the turn to use it. What's the point of playing a 3-drop? It's so you can use it. And not only do you get a Yeti back, but there's like a decent chance after you get a Yeti back and you do something with a Yeti, you have still created another problem from your opponent, right? Like, it's all RNG at that point after you make a trade, uh, like a, a eat... But that RNG is going to benefit you sometimes. Um, even today, right? Mad Bomber, with its not terribly well-controlled RNG, is still like a, a pretty damn good uh, two-drop. Um, this is like the slower RNG-ness of a Mad Bomber. All right. After this is uh, Worgen Roadie. We are still Bs. Everything else in this uh, video or episode or whatever is all going to be B-tier cards. Uh, Warden Roadie is a 3-mana three 3-4, three, so on-curve minion. Battle Cry, summon an 0-3 instrument case for your opponent. Break it for a random weapon. So your opponent gets an 0-3. Um, I guess they could use it, like they could sacrifice it, they could potentially buff it, like it's theirs. Uh, they get it on this turn, so if you have something else, you can break it immediately. But it does use up your attack, it does mean you don't get to hit their face, you don't get to do potentially a favorable trade, whatever. But at the end of the day, after all these conditionals, you do get a random weapon. And a random weapon is pretty good. Um, especially if you're a non-weapon class, right? Uh, so this ends up being a B. Uh, it's It's... I don't know if people actually think this card's like amazing. They're like, oh my god, a random weapon. But if you've ever had to break something from your opponent, there's a, a few of these cards that's been uh, in the game uh, over the years. It's kind of annoying. Uh, using up that attack sometimes can be more difficult than you think. And then that thing gets delayed a lot. And then you don't get that three damage exactly, and you may have to throw five damage into it or whatever. Um, 
you almost always want to prioritize a good trade over hitting it. Um, you also can't be dealing face damage, so this is not good for you know any kind of aggressive purposes. Um, so it is kind of awkward. It's a rare case where you have a totally uncurved minion that just gives you a card. And it's not that good. It's good, but it's like the average card in your deck. And it just it feels like it should be more, but it's it the, the situation is of it. Uh, situationalness of it really breaks it down. So in that way, it's it's a well-designed card. It it creates a lot of decision making, right? Like for a for a neutral card. Um. I I also don't understand why a roadie would be giving your opponent the instrument case, but whatever. It's not the first time Hearthstone's done that. All right. Next we have. Uh, our uh one more b tier card uh where how am i finding this there we go another rare card this one is mishmash mosher eight mana 310 undead with rush the ability is after this attacks gain plus one attack and attack a random enemy minion so you rush out with this 310 and after it does what it kills a minion or it hits a minion or whatever, it's now a 410 minus however much damage it takes. But now it has four attack and it will attack another random enemy minion to the extent that there are still enemy minions. And then it will just keep doing that because each attack triggers it again. So it'll keep gaining one attack, hitting an enemy minion, gaining one attack, hitting an enemy minion. So it could be a board clear under certain circumstances. It could be like a kill two small enemies and then still have a, a, a small like or mid-sized uh, card. It's insanely good against those kinds of wall type stuff that sometimes paladins or uh, warlocks put out that have like you know, one three or like one four or whatever with taunts. Uh, Druid sometimes too. Um, but it's it's a situationally great card much more often you're just kind of getting the right value out of it like i've run a few scenarios with it and also just kind of inputted the ability uh into the uh into how we normally calculate these kinds of abilities and uh it it is what it is it's a it's a balanced kind of neutral board clear that's that's mid mid level right like this thing's never gonna kill a, a eight drop without dying um, but yeah. All right. One more B tier card. This one is unpopular has been, uh, it's pretty straightforward. I don't know why this is an epic card. Like so many of the rare cards and even the common cards are way more interesting than this card. Uh, but it's a six mana, five, five undead death rattle, summon a random five cost minion from the past. So... You know, if you're looking at it and you're like, hey, look, it's Cairn. Yes, it's it's crappy Cairn. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's crappy Cairn with some RNG. And it's rated as it. Cairn's good. Even today, where met, uh, Temple doesn't matter like that much, having a Cairn is a pretty big deal. Uh, this is not as good as Cairn, but, you know, it's still good. B-tier value. Okay, that's an epic card. You also won't see it that much. 
the final two cards in this B category are legendary cards. We're just going to do legendaries at the same time we do uh, we do any other cards. Because like these days, especially with the paparazzi, they get discovered and stuff. So they're not really that rare. Um, legendary card, Posic Audio Engineer. Posic Audio Engineer is a 4-mana 5-4, so Uncurved Minion. Battlecry, add 2 three, 3 bots to your opponent's hand. The bots are just 3-mana three 3-3 three, three vanilla cards. Death Rattle, summon them for yourself. So a 4-mana 5-4 would be like a, your normal like bottom of the seat tier card. Um, this one is B, because it's actually quite a good ability. Uh, you are giving your opponents uh, the bots, but you're kind of forcing them to play it. So if you look at it from a card advantage perspective, yeah, they're getting more stuff. But you're wrapping up 6 mana for them to only get 2 three threes, which is so horrible in today's meta. And if you play it on turn 4, your opponent doesn't even have enough mana to use both of them. And they may be forced to like use 1, and then you're forcing them to spend 1 or 2 other mana and have like stuff in their hand that can actually use up that mana in an efficient way. Like, you put your opponents in such awkward positions. Like, that's actually quite a great value um, that that this card has. And they can't ignore it. Because if they ignore it, you will just kill Pazikov the next turn, probably. It only has four health. And they can't remove it. And then you get two three threes afterwards, which would make it absolutely insane. This is like, um... Oh, why am I forgetting the card's name? Um, that, that other card that, uh, that was, uh, that was in the last set, um, that is a 4 mana 5-4, and it used up your remaining mana. Uh, if it used up your remaining mana, you can't, you don't do that on turn 4, right? You do it later on. But the idea is the same, where if you get this back to you without something happening, like, you can go crazy with this card. Lost Exarch, thank you, chat. So... Um, this is like the turn 4 version of Lost Exarch. Because you want to play it turn 4. And if you play it on turn 4, it's, it's great. You screws your opponent a lot. If you played it later on, it's a little less good because your opponent has more options. But it's still a benefit. If you guys are top decking, like yeah, your opponent just gets extra cards and extra stuff. And it's not good. It's worse than even a 4 mana 5-4, which is already pretty bad at that stage in the game. Um... But that happens pretty rarely these days. Like, people don't generally run out of cards. Especially not with these new cards coming in. So, it's Pazic. It's quite good. B. It's not amazing. It's not like... Like, if you're paparazzi you don't want to paparazzi a Pazic. But, um, it's not like a card that you look at it and you're like... Like, in case you're looking at it and you think, like, oh, this is probably, like, possibly a downside. It's a downside way less frequently than it's an upside. And it could be a huge upside, too. Whereas it's like a, not, not that big of a downside, even when it's a downside. Okay. Final card in the B tier category. Tony, the King of Piracy, 5 mana, 4, 6 pirate. So a little understated. Both players' decks are swapped. For purposes of the arena, that might as well not say anything. Finale, draw a card. So pretty simple. If you trigger the finale, you draw a card. Uh, and it, it has one less stat than it normally should. Uh, that's a B. Not nothing special here. All right. So those are all of your um, other kind of top cards that are average or above average uh, for your deck in the neutral categories. You have a bunch of stuff there, and a lot of the stuff here does stuff that you don't usually see in neutral, right? I'm specifically thinking of like Metronome and Pyrotechnician. 
those are cards that have these repeating abilities that you really like. They they don't like putting them into neutral because they're kind of, I guess in constructed, they're probably like deck defining and whatever, right? And you don't want that in neutral. Neutrals you want like RNG stuff like or like yetis, right? Those are the two types of things that are staples in, uh, in neutral. Um, so they're definitely getting a little creative in there. From an arena perspective, these are potentially problematic cards, but they have designed their power level in a way to keep them in check. Like, these are not great cards. They could easily have been great cards, or they could have been useless cards, right? Because the other thing that happens is, if you have a card that's quite easily comboed, in, when you're looking at a constructive perspective, you can't make this card super good. It has to be less good. And then you put it in the arena where you don't get this, all these synergies, and these cards are totally worthless, right? Like, think of Auctioneer after all the nerfs. Um, even before the nerfs, Auctioneer was not really that viable of an arena card. Uh, so here, they managed to make these, like, pretty good cards, but they're not busted in arena, and they're not, you know, unplayable in arena. So that's, I think that's an accomplishment in design, and it'll make arena a little more uh, exciting. Obviously, they're RNG-reliant, and that's bad for good players. But it's interesting. Um, you know, Hipster, we talked about this before. This is the best way to make this kind of card. Like, best possible design for, you know, give the people their fun, right? But, like, try to keep the balance in check. Kind of the opposite of Scorpid. Uh, and uh, the other top, uh, the other B-plus card in uh, Rowdy Fan is just kind of a tempo card. Um, I think Rowdy fans going to come out. It's not going to have a very high win rate. And people are going to be like, oh, why did you guys give it a B plus? This should be like a D plus. And it's like, well, it's not a tempo meta, right? We're not like factoring the, the, the speed of the meta into these ratings, right? We're rating these cards like kind of generally. If you're rating it into the meta, you have to make a prediction about the meta. And we don't know what cards are getting nerfed in offering rate and what's happening there. So it's kind of meaningless to make that kind of prediction um so that's just kind of a, a feeling all right that's it for the b tier cards um i want to give a shout out uh, especially if you're watching this on youtube to dave uh to david attenborough says uh who is our youtube manager and we'll be uploading these onto youtube um, the next day uh also a shout out to our mod team currently modding our twitch uh, if you're watching this on Twitch Live right now, um, you know, uh, you guys, you guys know them. Uh, they're very hardworking. And uh, they also tell me all the times that I'm wrong, which is very helpful, especially when you're live. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, I will see you guys in the next episode when we will go over the C and C plus tier cards. When cards become very normal. Until then, this is Abukto. Welcome back to the Lightforge podcast or YouTube or uh, I don't know if you're watching live on Twitch. We are doing the card reviews or I'm, I'm just doing it. It's just me. It's Adwikta. Uh, Murps, Murps is gone uh, with the baby and we are, we are going through. We have done A tier cards. We have done B tier cards. Now we're doing C tier cards. This is all the neutrals. So there's actually a lot of C plus tier cards. And if you guys want to remember what um, what C tier cards mean in our rating system, C is above Yeti. C plus is like significantly above Yeti, but not good yet. B is the line of which cards are like average in your deck. 
So these are all below average cards in your deck, but above average cards of what you'll get offered. Right, because you get offered three cards, you only pick one, and they're usually the better cards. So let's start with the C plus tier cards. These are uh, the kind of the, the next up. But remember, these are all below average cards in your deck. Uh, the first one is Audio Medic. Two mana, two three, rush. Finale, gain life steal. If you showed me this card like many years ago, I'd have been like, holy crap, this is insane. It's like a croc that rushes and could potentially get life steal as a bonus. These days, it is what it is, right? This is what a two drop should be. Um, yeah, not much to uh, to really to really say about this. Uh, next up is going to be another C plus card, Party Animal. These are all common neutrals so far. Two mana, two three beast. Battle cry: Give plus one plus one to a minion of each type in your hand. Again craziness because you do this and then you can play a three drop that's now over curved insane back in the day now eh, i mean how many are you really going to hit one maybe two cards in your hand how long is it going to take until you can play those cards will the plus one plus one even matter at that point you know even if you do hit that lucky like three drop that has a tag to it that this buffs it's now like a yeti whoop de doo you played a three mana yeti like it's it's not the biggest thing now, still way better than a normal 2-drop, right? Like, that's why it's a C+, plus, but it's not really the game-changer it would have been back in the day. Um, so, that's Party Animal. And if you're wondering what percentage of cards in your, uh, in your, uh, of minions in your deck is going to actually have a tag, it's like less than half. There's a lot of untagged, uh, cards. Uh, or... Sorry, less than half that are um, either untagged or repeating tags. Because it's if you have two beats, only one of them will get buffed, right? Alright. Uh, next up is Cowbell Soloist. Another common card. Three mana, four two. Battlecry. If you control no other minions, deal two damage. There's going to be quite a few soloists in this set. And the soloist ability just says if you control no other minions. So it's the only one on the board. So you got to trade your minions first or just, you know, be behind on the board so you don't have any minions. Uh, deal two damage and put six stats on the board for three mana? That's a Fireplume Phoenix. That's really good. Uh, why is this not at the B level? Because you have to control no other minions and because 4-2 is an awkward kind of, like, split. Um, when you control the you control no other minions part makes it so that on curve you're usually not going to be able to actually play this card it is you can't fully control whether your opponent plays a minion or not you can't control if your 2-3 can actually kill itself if they play a 2-3 for example you may not want to make the trade in some other cases and uh yeah um off uh, once you start playing this card off curve like, the good part about Fireplume Phoenix is that it always works, right? Um, and not, Fireplume Phoenix isn't an amazing card these days anyway. I think it'll come in at, like, a B or something. Um, so this limitation of the ability kind of knocks it down. It's a real limitation. Less so later on in the game. But on that on-curve period, when Fireplume Phoenix was really strong, uh, this, is not, this is not the same card. Okay. Uh, next up is Outfit Tailor. Another common card, 3 mana, 2-2. Two, two. Battle Cry, give a friendly minion attack 
and health equal to this minions. So for the vast majority of times you play this in Arena, it's a 3 mana 2-2 two, two, that also is attached to a plus 2 plus 2 buff. Like to one of your minions. It is what it is. It's a C plus. It's fine. Um, if you can manage to buff this card in your hand, it gets way better, right? Like not only does it get buffed, but its ability also gets buffed. But it's not that many hand buffing cards uh, in the meta. And if you're thinking of a card like uh, uh, the Party Animal, this is one of the examples of a card that would be great if you could buff it in your hand and it had a tag. And it doesn't have a tag. All right. Next up, we have our last C plus card, which is Festival Security. Festival Security is another three drop. This one's rare. Uh, three mana, two, five taunt. So already good. And then finale, force all enemy minions to attack this. So it also potentially maybe has rush. But it's like an RNG-ish kind of rush. Where you don't really control which minions attack in what order. Uh, that being said, it's a three mana, two, five taunt. That's good enough like for it to stand. Uh, the, the finale, like, you, you generally view it as a positive because it gives this card initiative, but it can also be a negative. Like, let's say your opponent has, like, a 5-5 five, five on the board. You don't want to trigger the finale because then you just gave your opponent an extra attack. Now, when this is not on turn 3, you can, uh, you can use this, uh, like, not as the finale. This is one of the finales that you may want to avoid. We've almost all, all the other finales that we've seen are like just pure positive finales. But for this finale, it's one where let's say you have five mana, you have a two drop and a three drop to play. And one of the th and three drop is festival security. You may play the festival security first so that you avoid this finale and you're not forcing all of your opponents to attack it. Because one way, in a positive situation, the finale essentially gives your card rush. But in a negative situation, it essentially gives all your opponent's minions an extra attack. Uh, so you get to control it a bit, uh, which is nice. Alright, so those are the C-plus cards. Now we're moving on to the C-tier cards. These are just like above a Yeti. Um, so those cards that we just went over that were C-plus are like almost the average card in your deck. Uh, these are a little bit off from that. Okay, first one we're going to talk about is Instrument Tech. For classes with a weapon, Instrument Tech, because Instrument Tech draws a weapon, is a 2-mana 1-2. Uh, Battlecry draws a weapon. If you have a weapon class, this is fine. This is about fair for what you would pay to draw your weapon. Weapons are generally really good. You want your weapons. You're, you're kind of paying to, to do that. And this is not a curve card. Um, also, you could run out of weapons, right? And then this does nothing. It becomes really bad. So, moderate upside. Also, moderate downside. Next is Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is a 2-mana two 2-2, two two, common, elemental, rush, battle cry. If the last card you play costs 1 mana, gain plus 1, plus 1. 
So a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two rush is not good. That is not a good card in today's meta. That is pretty bad. Uh, so if you are playing it on turn 2, it's also not really on curve. Because uh, it's only a 2-mana two 2-2. Two, two. But if you had played a 1-drop or any kind of 1-mana card the turn before that... Um, it can also be done the same turn, but I'm just thinking about early in the game. Uh, then it becomes a 3-3 rush. Then it's over-curved, and it has rush, and it becomes really good. So it just depends on what kind of deck you have. Like, this is super, super, super deck-dependent. Um, so, if you have a deck that has plenty of one-mana cards, this could be really good, especially if you care about that tempo. If you don't, this is, uh, you know, not, not that great. Um, also looking at its upside, right? Later on in the game, it's still just at most a 3-3 rush, which is like pretty whatever in the late game these days. So if you're going to like hold it for a combo, it's not really worth holding. Uh, next is Obsessive Fan. Obsessive Fan. If you remember, Murps was talking about how much he liked the flavor of, uh, of this card. It's a common card. It's a 4-mana 2-6. Battlecry. Choose a minion. It has stealth while this is alive. So, this can be used to give one of your minions stealth. Which means, and like permanent stealth. Which means nothing can attack it. Nothing can remove it. Very powerful. And this card, the Obsessive Fan, has 6 health too. So it'll take a while to knock it down. Now, you have to have a card to combo it with though, right? Like if you're just protecting like a 4-4, that's not really doing that much. Like even if you're protecting something that could get pinged down. Like say like you've already made a trade and now it's a 4-1. Like yeah, it gets some value. Uh, but it's not like amazing value. On the other hand, if you do have a card that you really want to protect, having to put a, a six uh, a six health and a, a separate attack shield on top of it is super good. Like something with a regenerating ability, maybe you put it on the pyrotechnician, right? Like there's there's uh, combos and stuff that you could do with this that will make this much better than a C tier card. But you have to have those combos and you have to use them. The other way to use it is uh, just to get through a taunt. Because when you put something into stealth, it no longer has taunt. Um, it, the, the downside of it not having taunt, though, is that it now has stealth. And you've given your opponent a permanently stealth minion that you can't remove. And it can like do whatever it wants with it. And you can't efficiently remove it until your obsessive fan is dead. But, um, you know, get through a taunt to kill a key minion that you absolutely need to. Or get rid of the taunt, uh, get rid of the taunt part uh, in order to deal lethal damage. Uh, there's a lot of uses for it. It's a very well-designed, great card. Really good flavor. Um, the problem is that it is it is very situational. Like, we say that it's an anti-taunt thing, but like if you just have an opponent that played a taunt minion, you don't just play an obsessive fan on it. That's buffing it. That's not like weakening the taunt minion. Usually, minions would rather have stealth, permanent stealth, than taunt. So, and if you use it on one of your regular minions, it also doesn't do much. At four mana, two sixes are like unplayable. So, you really gotta combo it. And its potential is pretty good. Um, it's just a well designed card. Uh, okay. So, that is Obsessive Fan. Next up, 
We are going for... What's the next card? Oh, Amplified Elec is our next card. This one is a common card. Uh, common Beast, 10 mana, 612 with Taunt. At 10 mana, 612 with Taunt is super terrible. So what is the ability? Death Rattle, deal 3 damage to all minions. All enemy minions. So this is the really, really, really big version of... Um, uh, that priest card that efficiently walls you off. I forget what the priest card name is, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, and you've faced it before, and you've been annoyed by it, and it has gotten situationally super high value. So this is the same, except it's 10 mana, um, and uh, that means it comes out way later. Uh, but it's also 612, which means whatever is hitting it is likely to be dead. Right? Like, unless you have more than 9 health on your minion, it's going to be dead. Um, overall, as far as 10 mana minions go, it doesn't do enough. That's why it's rated at around where a Yeti is. Like, a little bit above a Yeti. But, it is still a really, 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 really big card. And it does force you to deal with it. Right? Like, you can't just... It's not like a 10 mana 12-12 where you put it down, your opponent ignores it, you die. Like, your opponent has to deal with it one way or the other. Um, and even if they hard remove it, you still dealt 3 damage to all their stuff. So... It, it is situational in usage. The fact that it is 10 mana really does hurt it a lot. But it's doing a lot of stuff, too. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, attached to it. So... I think it could be in, I think in most decks that will exist in the upcoming meta, it'll be okay. Like, definitely not an average card in your deck, but it will be like Yeti level. Alright, uh, last card we're going to talk about in this episode, the last card that is in the C range is Audio Amplifier. Audio Amplifier. Now, if only we can find this card. It is a two-mana card, and it is an epic card. It's a two-mana, two-three mech. Um, Battlecry, set your maximum mana and hand size to 11. Okay, the hand size to 11 probably won't matter that much, but your maximum mana to 11 means you get one more mana every turn. Um, and... Uh, and that is, uh, that is good. Because you get one more mana every turn. Now, it'd be nicer if you got one more mana on the earlier turns, but this only deals with your maximum mana. So you're not going to see the benefits no matter when you play this card until turn 11 or above. Um, but hey, a little bit of extra mana pushes, uh, pushes this card above, uh, above a Yeti. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the C-tier cards. Again, there's just not much to talk about with a lot of these cards. Uh, when you get to the C-tier, they usually do a very limited job, and they do it in an only okay fashion. You're going to see them over the meta because they're offered a lot, but they're not They're not the, the game changers. Or if they are the game changers, they're game changing in the other way, like just as frequently. Um, okay. That's it for 
us, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Brand New, even though she has refused to give me a drink. Uh, it, uh, in, in case you don't know, um, Brand New is now more than eight months pregnant, and uh, we are we are expecting our our child at the end of the month. So she has been very helpful, very upbeat, and still like running around doing stuff. And I uh, just really appreciate um, everything that, uh, that she's done, um, including making me this coffee right here that is keeping me alive. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode, and that is going to be the D tier and below cards. So now we're getting into the bad cards. D tier and belows are, are below Yeti. And these days, if you're below Yeti, better not be in my deck. Until then, this is Abwikta. Welcome back! This is Adwikta, and we are doing the Festival of Legends card review. I got some water. I am powering through. We have done all of the cards that you should really care about in neutral, and now we're on to the bad cards. So we're going to start with D plus tier, move on to D tier, and then do uh, F plus and F tier. Um, D plus is right below a Yeti. If you remember, the Yeti tier is uh, right between D plus and C. So all these are like slightly below Yeti. <clears throat> the first card is uh, Air Guitarist. Air Guitarist is a one mana, one one. Battle cry, give your weapon plus one durability. So if you are a weapon class, this is a D plus. If you're not a weapon class, obviously this is total crap. Uh, weapons are good. Giving it one more durability is good. One mana, one ones are bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not happy with this card. If you have to take it. Next card is Annoying Fan. Another one mana common neutral. One mana, one two mech. Uh, battle cry, choose a minion. It can't attack while this is alive. In case anyone thinks this is like a really good card for some reason. Because, oh, it could like permanently freeze something. It can't. Like, we're in a standard meta. Something with two health is going to get removed by, like, anything and everything. It does mean that you have to, like, it, it, it takes a target, right? Like, it takes a hit. And a one mana, one two is, like, kind of okay stat-wise for a one mana. Um, but, yeah, it just it's just there to, like, make the opponents a little more awkward for a turn. So... You don't really want this in your deck either, but it's not like it does nothing. Once you get to like the D's, like once you get past the D pluses into the D's, you really have cards that do nothing or like usually hurt you more than it helps. This is like, it's still doing something, right? Like this is where like River Croc is. Like these cards have a purpose in your deck. It's not a great purpose. It'll never win you the game. Yeah, it, it's there are cards that are just like better than these cards by like so much, and they're everywhere. But these cards aren't like destroying your deck. All right, next one is Frequency Oscillator, another common one mana card. One mana two, one mech. Battle Cry, the next mech you play costs one less. Like one mana two ones are not things these days. One mana cards have gotten way better, uh, but you're gonna have mechs. Uh, not only are there mechs in this set, but the standard uh, 
the core rotation has brought back a bunch more mechs. There's magnetic. Like, mechs are going to be a thing going forward, basically, uh, in any kind of standard meta. And so, zero mana 2-1, or like a banked mana to play later, and then a 2-1, that's okay. So, um, that's all this is. This is uh, a playable one-drop. Again, these are not good. You're not happy with these. Uh, cover Artist. Cover Artist is the next D-plus card. This one is a epic card. Four mana, 3-3. Three, three. Battlecry, transform into a 3-3 three, three copy of a minion. So it will always be a 3-3. Three, three. You can target your own minions, you can target your opponent's minions, but you basically take their death rattle. Or their ability, or whatever. Um, it's plenty of, uh, of good abilities out there, but this does cost 4 mana, so... Uh, and it will always only be a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, which means if it's a permanent ability rather than a death rattle, it probably has less health than whatever you're copying. Like, if you're copying a Pyrotechnician, for example, that's pretty good. Uh, the Pyrotechnician ability is really good, but a Pyrotechnician is a 2-5. This guy is always going to be a 3-3. Three, three. Um, and you got to wait, right? you got to wait till your opponent plays it. Or if you have played it, why do you need to copy it, right? So most of the time, it'll be copying some kind of death rattle. Uh, D+. Plus. All right, next we have a legendary. So, by the way, they're the five legendaries. I, I, we, we probably haven't covered this uh, an overall thing, but the five legendaries we did two already that are B. Um, that, this one's going to be B plus. There's one more that I'm sorry. This one's going to be D plus. There's one more that's D, and one is not going to be in the arena at all because uh, it's it's already out of the arena. Its ability requires deck building stuff, um, and that is etc band manager. So that's confirmed not in the arena. So the neutral legendaries being added in this set, really not good. Like, this is probably the weakest set ever for neutral legendaries. Which is good, because paparazzi's coming. But it doesn't make up for the fact that there's been plenty of sets in the last couple of uh, expansions that have really good legendary uh, neutrals. Um, okay. So this one is uh, Photographer Fizzle. Photographer Fizzle is a D plus. It's a three mana three three. Battlecry, take a snapshot of your current hand and shuffle it into your deck. Um, the Fizzy's, uh, sorry, Fizzle Snapshot is the card that goes into your deck. It's a two mana spell that just adds all the cards that was in your hand, like a copy of it, back into your hand. Um, but you're shuffling it in your deck. You don't really have ways in the arena to consistently draw it. You're not digging that deep into your deck in the arena usually. So it's like a nice little bonus, but otherwise it's just a 3 mana 3-3. Three, three. Um, okay, and that is it for the D-plus cards. These are, remember, these are below Yeti cards, but they're still kind of playable and won't destroy your deck. Now you're moving on to the D cards. D cards are cards that I don't understand why they exist. Like, any card that's D or below... Okay, so normally... When a card is like an F-tier card or something, it's because it's so heavily synergistic or doing something totally crazy that just doesn't apply to Arena, right? So it's like F. It doesn't do much in Arena. D-tier cards are like just bad. So, like, I don't know. There's got to be some combo that like makes these amazing and standard or whatever. But then why are they neutral? Like, it's, it's crazy to me. So one of the D-tier cards is uh, Stereo Totem. Two mana... 3 totem at the end of your turn give a random minion in your hand plus two plus two 
like... Okay, so you get plus two, plus two. Because it's going to live to the end of your turn. It's in a random minion in your hand. You can never control it. And then it's probably dead the next turn. But if it's not, you get another plus two, plus two in your hand. Like, yeah, it's only two mana. Um, and it does take three damage to die. And you don't really want to like use some kind of removal on it or anything. Um, so maybe it'll survive an extra turn. But, like, you can't play it at the end because you won't have minions in your hand, at least not for long. And it's not really a two-drop because the randomness means you don't know when you're actually getting the value uh, uh, for your plus two, plus twos. Um, like, you know, if it buffs your six-drop, what, you're going to wait four turns to use it? So in the arena, it doesn't really have a place but it's also not like a useless card right you're getting stuff you're getting plus two plus two and you're taking a hit maybe you're getting plus four plus four and you're taking two hits even um it does stuff it's just not good uh okay so besides this the other d tier card is merch seller and try to find where merch seller is. Okay, I don't know why I can't find merch seller. Um, there we go. Merch seller is a common neutral card. It is a four mana three five uh, Naga. Uh, at the end of your turn, put a random spell on the top of your opponent's deck. Ah, like, okay, four mana, three fives are not a thing in this meta. It's like, it's, it's, it's too small. It doesn't do anything. The ability better, better do something. And what does the ability do? It puts a random spell on the top of your opponent's deck. Is a random spell better or worse than your opponent's next card? Unclear. I think overall the value of a random spell is about the same as the value of... Like, it's a little bit worse than what your opponent has put on... Uh, than what your opponent has on their deck. Probably. But it just adds a bit more RNG to it. Like, this card, if it were really an arena card, it should be a 4-5 easily. Like, and this ability would barely, like, move the needle. It would still not be a good card even if it was a 4-5. And it's a 3-5. So... Yeah. Um, the art is also just of a Naga with, like, gold coins. I don't know. Put some merch in it if it's a merch seller. Okay. Uh, your last D-tier card is the One Amalgam Band. That is a legendary card. It is a 7-mana 6-6. Six, six. It has every single tag because it's an Amalgam. Battle Cry. Gain a random bonus effect for each minion type you've played this game. Uh, the random bonus effects are things like Taunt, Rush, you know, that kind of stuff. Divine Shield. Um, how many minions are you going to play? Minion types are you going to play over the course of the game? I don't know, like three? Maybe four? It's random bonuses, so you can't rely on it to rush or have any kind of initiative or to taunt or to do anything. Um, so, uh, it, it just... It's just not good. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, this, there's nothing special about this card. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe there's a constructed deck that plays all sorts of different minion types. And then this thing can... No, it, it, that doesn't even work. No. I just... I don't know what this card is doing. What's my problem with D-tier cards? Like, I just don't understand why they exist. In either constructed or an arena. Alright. We have, uh... Only two more cards left to go. They're both F-tier cards. Don't, draw, don't draft them at all, ever. Um, they don't do anything. Uh, the first one is, uh, okay, the first one is Crowd Surfer. Uh, Crowd Surfer is a one mana, one, one epic Murloc. Death Rattle, give any other minion plus one, plus one, and this Death Rattle. So, usually, that any other minion is not actually going to be your minion. It's going to be your opponent's minion, because your opponent's going to be the one killing this thing. And then they can play minions on their turn and then kill it. Um, if it's on, if you get to play it on turn one, it's more favorable to you. But outside of that, this is like actually a negative ability on a one mana one one. Like, it's terrible. Um, after uh, Crowd Surfer, the other useless card that they printed is thankfully another epic card. Um, it's Freebird, four mana, two, two beast with charge. Battlecry, gain plus one, plus one for each other Freebird you played this game. I don't know, constructed, there may be ways to generate more Freebirds or copy Freebirds and then you get a bunch of charging Freebirds. I don't know, they, they have to have made this card with a deck in mind, right, for constructed. But if they did that, I don't know why it's neutral. Because it has to be just one deck in one class. Anyway, uh, it doesn't do anything in Arena. Four mana for a 2-2 charge. Mm -mm. That's it. That is all the neutral cards for uh, Festival of Legends. Overall, outside of your like top cards that are problematic, um, Ghost Rider, questionably problematic. It's just really the new philosophy with, uh, with the dev team. But Paparazzi and Concert Promo Drake, like, they... Especially Paparazzi, right? But both Paparazzi and Concert Promo Drake are just... They have Problematic written all over them. They are going to ruin metas. Paparazzi will single-handedly destroy all the fun that it could possibly exist in Arena. Um, and their offering rates, or Paparazzi's offering rates, definitely will be reduced. Um, Concert Proto Drake? We could be wrong about Concert Proto Drake. Like, I don't think we are, but I'm not... Like, there's a tradable tag that we've given a lot of value to because it's 8 mana. Uh, maybe Finale for 8 mana is, like, uniquely weird. I don't really know. Um, maybe, like, the pacing of the game just makes high mana cards bad. Or maybe there's just not a lot of, like, big minions that's going to be out. Um, maybe it'll just be, like, maybe the really good cards are all, like, mid-sized minions with abilities. And that makes all Destroy a Minion cards a lot less good. So I can see Concert Promo Drake not getting as much burn as we think it will. And just kind of settling in into like a low A, like, you know, questionably like we'll allow it kind of like thing from the dev team. Uh, but Paparazzi has no shot at that. Paparazzi in any meta is going to be not just too powerful, but also toxic. Like it is bad in the way that it is powerful and it is just too powerful. It's got to, it's got to, it's got to be removed from the meta. Um, and, uh, and yeah, but the other cards are, they do stuff, like, they're pretty interesting. 
Um, they're definitely not very vanilla. Like this is a set of very interesting uh, neutral cards and they're not interesting in like a new way. They're interesting in uh we do the same old stuff that neutral cards have always done. We've just like found new ways to do them, which is pretty cool. Um, it's not like this one new mechanic that's like getting all the attention and letting them create a bunch of neutral cards. It's like they got creative and created a bunch of neutral cards and they're not overpowered and they like are like slight twists on existing things that make them interesting. So I'm excited. Like I'm excited to play like Rowdy Fan and like Candle Razor. Um, I'm excited for even stuff like uh, Metronome, right? Or like Static Waveform when you see these things. It's going to be an interesting meta. And not all these interesting things have to be super swingy or super good. So here's the exception. We wish that this card just stops existing as soon as possible. Like Offering Rate Legendary. Why? Because it literally is a legendary card. It's discovering a legendary minion. Like, why would you not give it a legendary offering rate? It's begging for it. So come on, devs. Do the right thing. Make Paparazzi a legendary card for purposes of the arena. And um, other than that, we'd probably live with the rest of them and not ruin the meta. All right. Class cards next. Um, until then, uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to the patrons. Uh, we still have a Patreon. I know we're not doing as much stuff before, so thank you to all the Patreons. Uh, Eric L., David D., who, like, you know, stayed on, um, you know, even as we are producing a bit less content than we normally do. Um, and thank you to everybody else. Any little bit of the Patreon helps, especially if you're just watching YouTube videos or listening to the podcast. Um, so thank you, guys. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the Legendaries. We're going to do classes next. 11 classes. Our job just gets longer and longer. Okay. Uh, see you guys then. And uh, yeah, see you guys in the next video. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.